This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, July the 7th. The day Boris Johnson resigned as leader of the Conservative Party. And that's where we're going to start after days of pressure to quit. Earlier today, the Prime Minister stood in front of the door of Number 10 Downing Street and addressed the nation. It is clearly now the will of the Parliamentary Conservative Party that there should be a new leader of that party and therefore a new Prime Minister. He went on to thank voters for electing him. I want to say to the millions of people who voted for us in 2019, many of them voting Conservative for the first time, thank you for that incredible mandate, the biggest Conservative majority since 1987. And he said there were mixed emotions as he announced his resignation. I know that there will be many people who are relieved and uh, perhaps quite a few who will also be disappointed. And I want you to know how sad I am to be giving up the best job in the world. But them's the breaks. He also added he was immensely proud of his achievements. From getting Brexit done, getting us all through the pandemic, delivering the fastest vaccine rollout in Europe, the fastest exit from lockdown, and in the last few months, leading the West in standing up to Putin's aggression in Ukraine. Well, first, let's get some analysis from our political editor, Paul Francis. The Prime Minister has finally bowed to the growing pressure on him to relinquish the keys to Downing Street and has confirmed that he will now be standing down as the Prime Minister. The writing was on the wall after so many resignations from ministerial aides and MPs suggesting that it was now time he moved aside and let someone else take the job. Of course, what this means is that there'll now be a leadership contest and that is expected to get underway shortly with a vote amongst party members sometime in the summer. Now, Kent may have an interest in that leadership contest because one of the people who is tipped to join the race is the Tunbridge and Morling MP Tom Tugendhat, who has never made any secret of his ambition and willingness to stand for the role if circumstances allowed it. As to Boris Johnson, his legacy is definitely a very mixed one. We'll see over the coming days and months how he viewed his premiership, but make no mistake, this has been a dreadful period for the Conservative Party generally and may damage their prospects in elections, although the general election is probably two years away from now. Well, the day had started with more resignations from MPs. Among them was Faversham's Helen Waitley, who quit her role at the Treasury. A total of more than 50 MPs have given up their jobs within government, the highest number under any leadership. But the defining moment seemed to be when the PM received a letter from new Chancellor Nadim Zahawi, who told him to go now. So what happens next? Well, as Paul mentioned, Boris Johnson will remain as Prime Minister for the time being, and there will now be a leadership contest that will eventually see Tory party members choosing who they want to lead the party 
and the country. Contenders to replace Mr Johnson are starting to throw their hats into the ring. Tunbridge and Morling's Tom Tugendhatter has been tipped as a potential leader and is among the front runners. He hasn't confirmed if he intends to run just yet, but has tweeted, Right call by Boris Johnson to resign, delivered Brexit, rolled out the vaccine and led on Ukraine. Now we need a clean start. We can also hear now from Anna McGovern. She's a political commentator and former chair of the Medway Youth Parliament. I've been chatting to Anna and asking her who she thinks could lead the party moving forward. I think it's genuinely such a surreal time to be in. Um, And I think it's also really difficult because um, obviously there'll be someone else who'll be taking those reins and leading the Conservative Party. And in my opinion, I don't really see someone who would be that viable candidate to actually take on that leadership role, uh, especially given that those key political figures in the cabinet have backed Boris Johnson throughout all the scandals that have happened through his term as prime minister, you know, for example, Partygate. Um, and we've also had the vaccine mandate and we've had the lockdowns. Um, so I, I really do not know who would be that replacement that could lead the country with the honesty that we need in our politics moving forward. That's been a, a, quite a key word that an awful lot have said in their resignation letters. I mean, what sort of damage do you think this has done to the party's reputation? I think it, at the moment it is very irreparable. And I think if there was an election right now, I don't think the Conservatives would get in because I think a lot of the British people have lost faith in the party, in the government, because they've seen all the scandal that has happened and everything that has gone on in these past few years. And I think a lot of the reputation has been severely damaged and I think the only way that that can be resolved is with uh, someone who is a better candidate to take that leadership role on and you know repair the problems that are happening in the party. Do you think it could be someone who perhaps we don't know quite as well I mean um, here in Kent for example Tom Tugendhat's name is is mentioned quite regularly I mean could it be someone like that who steps up who hasn't had a job within the cabinet before? You know um, I've actually heard quite a few people say his name as a possible candidate for the Prime Minister. Um, I think whoever it is that takes on that leadership role has to repair the damage that has happened in this current government. So it would have to be someone that recognises the scandals that have gone on and then actually look at everything and say, okay, what am I going to do different that Boris Johnson has or has not even done? So it could potentially be him. It could be potentially someone that hasn't particularly come forward yet. Or it might be someone who does come forward later today and actually announces that they would like to do you know go for that leadership role um so i'd be really interested to see who that would be and i think there'll be um a lot of interesting developments coming up around this i was just wondering what you thought young people would think of all of this seeing this going on i mean it is unprecedented we've never seen anything like it before but would it put them off wanting to get involved in politics or would it indeed have the reverse effect do you think um if i'm speaking honestly i think it would actually have the reverse effect and i think it would actually really engage young people to actually see everything that's going on at the moment and actually use their voice because obviously young 
and people or the next generation of our leaders and they'll be leading the country one day um, and they're growing you know we're growing up and we're seeing all of this go on and then one day we might be in a position where we can do something about it. While dozens of MPs have been resigning one from Kent has actually been given a job. Greg Clark was the business secretary when Theresa May was prime minister. He's now replacing Michael Gove as levelling up secretary. He's also posted on his socials today. It says that we have a duty to ensure that the country has a functioning government in the weeks ahead. Having been Secretary of State at the Communities Department before, I will do my best to provide stability, good governance and accountability to Parliament at this important time. Well, finally, on this today, let's hear from some of you. Ish has been in Rochester to find out what people there think of Mr Johnson going and who should replace him. The sooner gone the better. Why, why is that? He's just a lying idiot, isn't he? Simple uh, as that. Who do you want to see next? Uh, probably Penny Morden, because I live in Portsmouth and she's, she's alright down there. Uh, I think it's about time and it's long overdue. Why, why do you think that? Um, it's lied to the public, it's basically flaunted his position. I think it's great that he's finally resigned. Um, wanted him to go for ages. Why, why is that? I just don't think he's a very good leader. Yeah, and the manner of which uh, he, he is going, I mean, chaos within his government, so many resignations, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's I mean, they're only been... resigning to save themselves, basically, because they don't want to be in the same bracket as him but yeah I think it's just we need a completely new government we need Labour in actually now I think Who do you want to see next? I honestly don't know We were just discussing Yeah we don't know I don't know A different party would be nice but um, no I don't know Do you think there should be a general election? Yes but I'd I'd like it that we could choose the leader rather than somebody else choose I think we should be able to vote to who the leader is Are you disappointed to see him go or? Not necessarily disappointed but uh, he picked the wrong time to be Prime Minister and um, the manner of which he, he uh, appears to be exiting now, the government appears to be in, in collapse, so many resignations, is that going to tarnish his legacy? Very probably will, yeah, it's not the way you want to go out, you want to go out on a, on a bit of a high, having solved whatever problems, but that's clearly not going to happen, so yeah, maybe it's time to go. What, what do you think of the resignation? I'm sad. <laughs> Why is that? Well, you can read this story today and share your thoughts at Kent Online. You can also leave a comment on our socials if you wish. We've also got a poll within the story asking who you'd like to be the next Prime Minister. So far, the none of the above option is uh, leading the vote. Perhaps that tells us about uh, your thoughts towards the political situation at the moment. But amongst the named options, Rishi Sunak, the former Chancellor, is leading. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and inspectors have found bullying is still a problem at a Kent school 11 months after a girl took her own life. Ofsted visited the world of Kent in Tunbridge and their report says it requires improvement. It comes after an inquest heard 16-year-old Talia Dadi suffered social isolation and bullying at the school. The head teacher says they're committed to making improvements. It's emerged the death of a Kent woman who was working as a teacher in Taiwan was drug-related. An inquest has heard how 22-year-old Ashley Wallace from Strood complained of a migraine after hitting her head a few days before she died. Her family's paid tribute, describing her as funny, smart and fearless. The podcast has been told a large fire near Maidstone is thought to have started within a pile of metal and disused white goods before spreading to nearby tyres. Firefighters had spent around seven hours bringing the flames under control at Arnold Farm in Backstreet in Leeds yesterday. They left not knowing how it started 
arrested and the fire service says it's not going to be investigated any further. A Kent woman has described hearing an almighty bang before discovering a car had crashed into her house. It's caused major damage to the 18th century building on Bushyfields Road in Hearn. A man was arrested on suspicion of drug driving, but luckily no one was hurt. A Medway charity helping people who are struggling with the rising cost of living are getting a new HQ, the old Argos in Chatham. Gillingham Street Angels was set up in an office above a garage just five years ago and is now helping thousands of people who'd otherwise end up on the streets. When it's hoped the building in the town centre will become a community hub. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Big events been happening today. The Queen's Baton Relay has arrived in Kent ahead of this summer's Commonwealth Games. It visited Tunbridge first this morning. Des Kears is a councillor there and I spoke to him ahead of the event. Do you know what, Nicola? We're so excited to be hosting uh, this part of this, pre- this prestigious event. Um, welcome it to Tunbridge, which is a wonderful town. Uh, and for members of Tunbridge, we, we are so just genuinely excited to welcome the Queen's Battle Relay to our, to our town. Of course, it's, it's been quite a while, 10 years, since we had the Olympic Torch Relay. Can you just explain a little bit about how this re- relay is going to work? Is it going to be similar? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, so, so the baton will get to us um, about uh, nine o'clock uh, into Tunbridge, I should say. Um, it'll make its way to the castle where it'll be greeted. And this is the exciting part for me. Over a thousand school children from our local schools will be there waiting for it. Um, we've probably we've got five uh, baton bearers uh, who will be carrying the baton around Tunbridge. Um, you know, and for many of our school children um, in such an excellent location like Tunbridge Castle, it's the first time they've ever seen anything like this. Um, some of them wouldn't have been born the last time we, we went through this, as you just mentioned, ten years ago. Uh, and I'm really excited to see their faces, to see them, their inquisitive looks as what is this all about? So their teachers and their parents can actually explain it all. Um, and yeah, and um, all of that put together is just such an exciting time for us. And, and of course, the town of Tunbridge gets the recognition it, it deserves. Absolutely. And as, as well as it being very exciting for those watching it, for those very few lucky baton bearers who are able to carry it, what, what's their role in the occasion? Can you tell us how far they'll be carrying it? Will they be running, walking? Can they choose what they do? Yeah, I think they can do absolutely what they like to do. But carrying the, carrying the baton is, is the all important thing, whether they choose to jog or walk, etc. But, you know, we've got local people from around Kent who have played their part in, in doing good things uh, for the communities. We've got um, Chidi Igidishi from Gravesend. He's been a member of the Gravesend Youth Council for three years and he's been involved in tackling climate change, improving mental health services and transport. Um, Andy Pickering, who's outside of Kent, but he's part of a Royal Mail team helping transport the Queen's Baton around the Commonwealth. So he's had a, he's had a long journey. Uh, he also leads the project Delivering Relief to Ukraine. And, and of course, we've got Courtney Hughes. Courtney Hughes is from Didcot, again, someone else from outside the county. But at, in 2012, at the age of 13, uh, Courtney founded a charity to support lonely and isolated people at Christmas. Uh, and since then, our charity has gifted over 95,000 items to the community. And how wonderful is that? Um, then we've got someone called Phil Camps. Phil Camps um, from Maidstone. Um, now, Phil played in, in deaf football leagues at a national and international level. Um, and in 2018, he was forced to retire from football due to injury uh, since when he's focused on his work as a motivational speaker and life coach. Um, and last but very much not least, um, Karen Pickering. Probably many people will have heard of Karen Pickering uh, because, of course, she's a former, former GB Olympic freestyle swimmer, uh, member of the British swimming squad from 86 to 2005, 
won eight world championship medals or three medals at the 2002 Commonwealth Games. So an absolute legend amongst us. So, um, yeah, so excited to have all five of those. And everyone has brought their own individual uh, contribution to, to our communities, which is fantastic. Well, the baton, which has travelled around the Commonwealth, then headed to Canterbury, Folkestone, Deal and Dover Castle. Tomorrow, it'll be in Gravesend before being ferried across the river to Essex. Deirdre Wells is the chief exec of Visit Kent. She's been speaking to Ish. There'll be some really nice stories that we'll be able to tell, not only about what people expect to see about Kent in terms of our historic buildings, but also maybe those unexpected moments and the, just the breadth and diversity of what we have to offer. How much does that mean to the county, do you think, to have all of that attention and to, of course, be a part of history and be able to host such an important event? Well, it's it's really hugely important, particularly after the very difficult two years that we've had um, after the pandemic. You know, I mean, our industry was effectively shut for, you know, much of the last two years. Um, and even as we're starting to uh, emerge from that, there's now we're straight into a cost of living crisis, you know, lots of concerns around how that's going to impact on on people's spending. So to be able to, you know, host such an amazing event and be able to provide the opportunities for people to have some free and fun opportunities to, to celebrate with their communities is 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 huge. Um, and frankly, um, it's a sort of um, advertising that a, um, a not-for-profit tourist board could only dream of. So, you know, and, and we were really fortunate that um, because um, unlike the, the 2012 games where, you know, as London was hosting, the torch relay went everywhere in the UK, this, this torch has had to go all the way around the Commonwealth. So it wasn't going everywhere in the UK. Um, we've got a day and a half out of, you know, a, a very small and tight agenda. So it's just a testament to all the fantastic work and support we've had from our partners to put together a really good um, pitch to to the organisers. And we're just, yeah, we're just looking forward to welcoming them all. Do you think this is perhaps an opportunity for Kent to, to almost re-establish itself? It's it's going to be, like you say, on the national stage again. Um, that That's going to do a lot, I imagine, for, for the county going forward. Well, I think, you know, Kent's got a very long and proud history. And we are, of course, um, the gateway between the capital and Europe. So we've always had a very strong, strategic and important role. Um, but, you know, you can't be complacent in, in a very tight market. There's a lots of fantastic destinations out there. Uh, and this is a great opportunity to remind people just of all the wonderful things we have to offer and to make sure that people are putting Kent top of their wish list and places to come and visit. The Games themselves get underway in Birmingham on July the 28th. You can also see a report on this story on KMTV tonight. Just tune in to Kent Tonight from 5.30. Kent Online reports. People living in a part of Canterbury say they've been forced to walk around rotten food, discarded sanitary products and even bags of vomit because of messy students. Now the council says the amount of rubbish strewn across high streets and Gregory's over the last academic year is not acceptable. They've said they'll make sure any students living in the area are aware of waste collections and monitor the issue. We're being warned to remain vigilant following a number of blackmail attempts in East Kent. Young people in Canterbury and Thanet have reportedly faced threats to post private videos or fake photos of them online. Parents are being encouraged to speak to their children and make sure they're aware of the risks. Ebbsfleet United have announced plans to build a new 8,000-seater stadium. The National League Southside want to develop a brownfield site covering 50 acres close to the harbour in Northfleet. The stadium plans also feature 
shops, restaurants, bars and cafes with a 200-bed hotel next door and 3,500 homes. Well, if given the go-ahead, it would see them replace their current home at Stonebridge Road. We've been catching up with Damien Irvine, who's the club's CEO. So we've had um, good ownership here at the club for a number of years that um, are investing heavily in the football club have invested in a new stand here and um, but other aspects of the ground do need improvement to keep up with the regulatory compliance needs and um, and to make a fit for purpose stadium for all people to come and visit and watch football. Um, we did have some plans to do a hotel development at one end of the stadium behind me here, um, which were isolated plans to this new stadium, uh, new stand development that we're sitting in here now. And we still have other areas of the ground that need improvement. Um, so our view was that a master plan, a comprehensive master plan to do that efficiently um, and in, in one go was the far, by far the best way to go um, and, and I think the proudest way to go for the football club to really secure its long-term future from a sustainability point of view. We all know that football wastes a lot of money in, in, at different levels, at all levels, um, and sustainability is the one thing in my time here at the club that supporters wanted. You know, that's what they they really yearn for. Um, we've had ups and downs in the past as a club where the future of the club has been in doubt at different times. Um, that's not the case at the moment. We've had two and a half years of strong rebuild and, and things are going well. But um, we still can't avoid the fact that we still need to solve problems for the future and make sure that the club is never in doubt again in terms of its longevity goes. So. Um, by using the club's land value as a partner, uh, we've got some great property partners involved um, and we can use the, the true community spirit of this club, you know, the sentimentality of, of Absolute United, where we are here on Stonebridge Road. We will still be here on Stonebridge Road, um, but we can, we can achieve a new stadium, uh, really best in class stadium, an 8,000 8, seater, um, which the owners will gift um, that development through and our property partners. Uh, which will become the centre and the heartbeat of, of a new precinct here for Northfleet um, to add to the wonderful Northfleet High Street in the village that is here. And it'll allow us to um, you know, really create a, a destination here for visitors, but also um, for those locals to, to, for employment, um, to open up the harbour, which is a, a great historic part of Northfleet, um, and really make a wonderful working precinct that um, hopefully can solve a lot of problems for the area, such as an undersupply of doctor surgeries and pharmacy, uh, pharmacist facilities and testing facilities and, and, and local retail services. So it's an exciting time, it really is, but um, we tend to not want to do things in small chunks, um, little bit by bit. It, it's far better to do it as a master plan where we can really, um, as a football club, develop something for ourselves, but also really deliver something magnificent for the area. You can also see what it would look like by heading to the story at Kent Online. Elsewhere, people living in a Kent village have started a campaign against plans for a large solar farm. If built, the development would be near Marden and cover more than seven hectares of farmland. The people behind it say it would generate enough power for 12,500 homes and sheep would still be able to graze between the panels. Residents say they have haven't been consulted enough. Kent Online reports. On to some travel news and a new one-way system could be introduced in Maidstone in a bid to reduce congestion. It's set to be trialled later this year following long delays for drivers near the Lock Meadow Entertainment Complex. But some businesses are worried it could make traffic even worse. Elsewhere, a controversial bollard, which we've mentioned several times on the podcast before, is being removed from a road in Strood following years of crashes and near misses. The so-called metal bell on the corner between London
London Road and Gun Lane is being replaced with two steel bollards. Road markings will also be improved to try and stop vehicles from hitting them. Now, this is one of our most read stories today, despite what's been going on at Westminster. A couple who said they tried to stop a shopping trolley from being vandalised ended up with it in their front garden for, would you believe, seven weeks as a supermarket failed to collect it. Pat and Betty Burke found the abandoned Aldi trolley in an alleyway near their home in Deal. They took it home and cleaned it up before reporting it to the store. But they ended up calling the shop three times and it wasn't collected until Kent Online got involved. Pat says he was never going to leave it, just dumped. Don't like to see things thrown away, don't like waste, so it has to come home. My wife always supported me in that role. Um, I've cleaned it up. Unfortunately, because I'm totally disabled now, I was promised that this should, would be taken back down there by the, f- the firm. I can't see why they're wasting, so I'm told, over £100 mm. for something that's almost brand new. It doesn't make sense. In, in this time of uh, austerity, well, £100 is £100. Why chuck it away? The firm says it can't uh, afford to £100 just like that. Out, out of the window, into a dike. Well, the spokesman for Aldi has been in touch with us and said, we apologise for the inconvenience this has caused Mr and Mrs Burke. We're pleased this has now been resolved by the team at their local store. The company says that a delay in response from the trolley retrieval firm at, to Aldi's customer service team prevented it from being collected sooner. The first member of a herd of bison coming to live in Kent is due to arrive today. A female will be moving from Scotland to Westbleen and Thorndon Woods between Canterbury and Herne Bay. Another two will arrive next week before being joined by a bull who's relocating from Germany. Wildwood Trust and Kent Wildlife Trust are behind it and hope it'll boost tourism. There's another of the Rochester Castle concerts tonight. James Blunt will be performing in Kent. He's headlining on day two. And don't forget, the Kent County Show gets underway tomorrow. You can follow our travel blog first thing in the morning or listen to regular updates on our sister radio station KMFM if you're heading to the showground at Detling. Kent Online Sports. Kent racewalker Tom Bosworth has announced his retirement. He'll be moving away from the sport after competing for England at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham this summer. The 32-year-old from Sevenoaks won a silver medal in Australia four years ago and also holds several British records. He's Britain's only openly gay track and field athlete and has worked to raise awareness of LGBTQ plus issues during his career. But he says now seems the right time to walk away from competitions. It was a difficult decision. Uh, I've been so lucky to have lived uh, a life as a professional sportsman for the last 10 years and you you never want that to end. But uh, my body over the last couple of years has started to let me down a little bit and I've always said because of everything I've achieved, I've achieved more than I ever dreamt. I want to walk away from this sport at, at the top. And what is what is a better way to do it than in front of a home crowd at, at home championships this summer? I started athletics just for fun and, you know, to keep fit. I think my parents just wanted me out of the house, to be honest. And so to achieve the things I have, uh, to put it down to one would be really, really difficult. Uh, I mean, the Olympic Games, where, you know, I also proposed to my fiance as, as well as winning Winning a silver medal last time out at the last Commonwealth Games whilst captaining the England team as well. To say those things just feels so surreal. I just love the, the novelty of, of the event. You know, a lot of people don't understand it or sometimes only ever see it at the Olympic Games. And, and that's what I enjoy the most. I think I love it when people see the times I walk and 
and they hear, hear them and they go, they can't even run that fast. And, <laughs> and that's kind of the real enjoyment of it. This year has been really difficult. Uh, you know, back at, at Christmas, I was having uh, injections in my spine because of the damage I've done to my spine. So it was a bit of a, a, a hard work to get to this moment. I'm really pleased to be back fully fit and, and ready to compete at the Commonwealth Games because uh, ultimately you don't get many opportunities. And, and so, yeah, with the home crowd behind me, I, I think they can really, really take me to a medal at least. I'm not married yet. I get married in October and I cannot wait. We, we put it back because of COVID, because of Olympic Games, all sorts. So uh, it's kind of a nice new chapter for me. I'm going to finish sport and, and then head, head into becoming a husband. Me and Harry don't do things by half. So <laughs> we're, we're getting married in a castle in Yorkshire and we, and we cannot wait. On to football and England's women have won their opening group game at the Euros. They beat Austria 1-0 in front of a record crowd of almost 70,000 at Old Trafford last night. Alicia Russo from Maidstone came on in the second half. Their next match is against Norway on Monday night. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. All you need to do is subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review as we check out a £56 chocolate-fed ribeye steak. Yes, you did hear that correctly, just to see if it's really worth the hefty price tag. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.